I'm Jeff W from Earth one four six eight, and that guy over there is Wonder Rob from Earth six nine six nine four two zero four two zero six nine four two zero, and we just dived right in to the Vectorverse. Aw, yay! We're back in the Vectorverse with the Sandbox Gamers, W. Jeff and Rob Wonder. The two co-hosts of the Sandbox Gamers are here in the Vectorverse, and we're talking all about Across the Spider-Verse. I can't wait. We're doing another crossover episode, so you're going to hear, if you're subscribed to both podcasts, you're going to hear the same review on both feeds. But with a little vector twist today in the vectorverse. Guess what, boys? What? We all mm. saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Some of us twice and some of us thrice, right, Jeff? Jeez. Who's oh, okay. three? <laughs> I thought you saw it three times. No, I twice. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> some of us twice and some of us once and some of us slump. Right, Rob? That's correct. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Guess what? Wonder Rob wanted me to write down uh, a little bit for our discussion, boys, uh, before we get into our thoughts, because this is a video game podcast and it's a Vactor podcast. Who's the better Miles Morales, the PS5 Miles Morales or the movie Miles Morales? So since Wonder Rob asked the question, let's ask him first. Who's the better Miles? Well, the movie Miles Morales doesn't have any forced stealth sections. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with the movie Miles Morales. He's got better haircut. He's got a better costume. <laughs> He's funnier. And he's with Spider-Gwen the whole time. So I think oh. I'm going to have to give it to the Miles Morales in the movies. Did Ooh. you both see credits on Miles Morales, Spider-Man? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I ran through that extremely quickly. I don't think I did a ton of sides. I 100%ed Miles Morales. Oh, snap. Actually. Not to brag. Nerds. We're getting more in Spider-Man 2 later this year. But let's ask Jeff W., which Miles Morales is your favorite Miles Morales? Uh, probably the movies, because the video game one is not does not stand out to me, like, almost at all. Hmm. Like, I Even can't think of any memorable moments from that. From that game? Yeah, from the game. Yeah, no. Uh, the movie, I can. The movie, I, you know... Uh, well, you will find out. I love the movie, but uh, yeah, I'd say the movie. I just don't remember. I really don't remember anything that's happening in the Spider-Man games. I need to. Hey, I need a refresher on this. That's crazy. You know, I, I don't remember. All I remember is Doc Ock is kind of there. You know, whatever something's happening. Miles mm. is there. You know, <laughs> same map. I don't know. Man, I'm gonna have to make a lot of a, a lot of things in between those. For I'm me. not convinced. Yeah. Jeff played it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make a sixty second recap for Jeff. Look up my yes. look at my PlayStation things somewhere in there. Man, the story was so good in both games. It's hard for me to believe 
that it didn't stand out to you. But I'm going to go with the comic book Miles Morales because he so fucking was stupid. the first <laughs> Miles you Morales. Make an option. You don't make he a different option. He was the option. one. And currently in the comic books, he has developed a new power where he has a lightsaber oh, made out of electricity what? that he uses. That's not and a spider thing. We'll see that later, maybe in the movies. Uh, so Wonder Rob is going, Wonder Rob and Jeff are going movies and I'm going comics. But I also like <laughs> the video game Miles Morales, not to put any shade on Najee Jeter, who also voiced Miles Morales, not only in the game, but in the animated series. So he's trying to make a play for that live action Miles, which we know is coming down the pipe. Vactor but, just did, you go, hey, do you like pizza or burritos? And he goes, well, I'm going to choose bagels. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what like, Jeff not does. even an option. And that's a great segue, Jeff, because this movie hinges on a bagel. The entire <laughs> yeah. movie hinges mm -hmm. on a bagel. If Miles had not hit the spot with a bagel in his head, we would have never had this whole kerfuffle, Jeff. But we do. And actually... Let's get Jeff's thoughts because he was he was bursting at the seams to tell us what did you think about Spider Man across the Spider Verse, Jeff? Man, he just wants he just wants the general thoughts straight up. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought we had uh, uh, overall, I, I, and I, I guess maybe I'm underselling it a little bit. I think this I need to look at a list of everything, but this might be the best movie this year. I'm thinking, and I think it's going to be real tough. I think Oppenheimer was maybe my early favorite, but this is, uh, I think it's going to be tough to beat this one. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's, it's, this is better than the first one. Um, I was watching the first one a little bit, uh, just the, uh, the other day I was just, uh, you know, turned the Apple TV on and, uh, was looking at some of the bonus features and I was, I was actually watching that version where they have uh it's like alternate reality version of the first movie and uh they have some like additional scenes in there and stuff like that and uh, as i'm watching it you know i think we all remember the first one being pretty groundbreaking just in terms of visuals right like it was just unlike anything we had seen before and it is definitely the same here but man like going back and watching that first one a little bit it feels so much more tame than this movie like this movie is just like they are like if they turn all the visuals up like another notch right like like all of the gwen and her father stuff going on is all the all that watercolor like you almost can't even tell the background in, in a majority of their scenes like like it's not very definitive like it just looks like a painting um and uh yeah i mean i'm sure we'll we'll talk more about specific moments and stuff but yeah i think it's this I mean, this this is probably the best Spider-Man movie I think they've ever made, like for me. Very nice. Wonder Rob, what did you think about Across the Spider-Verse? And you saw it in 4DX. I saw Ooh. it in 4DX. I'll talk about the 4DX in just a minute. Here's the thing with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's... It's mind-boggling. It blows my mind that Sony can, can <laughs> manufacture a masterpiece like Across the Spider-Verse 
And then the other hand, be like, you want some Morbius? You want some venom? Oh, don't worry. I got Craven in my back pocket. You want some of this? Oh, he doesn't actually hunt animals. He's just he just wears a lion on his vest, but he doesn't hunt. I don't know how they can come up with such such works of art and 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 give us poo poo on a stick with the other hand. But Spider Man across the Spider Verse. I sound confused, but I promise I'm not. It's just when I say these <laughs> words, it's it's I just like I want to be sure. This might be the best Spider-Man movie ever. I believe. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little torn on it because it's a part one. You know what I mean? So I don't we don't have the whole overarching story. So if part two shits the bed, will I like part one as much? I don't know. But right now, as it stands, I, I believe it to be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Ooh. I'm going to second and third that and say that this is the best movie of 2023, first of all. And then... <laughs> Somebody didn't see Ant-Man. <laughs> Quantumania. <laughs> I think, if you want to see our review of Ant-Man Quantumania, just click in the link down below. But I think this one... um like Jeff said, revolutionizes animation again. They did it the first time in Into the Spider-Verse. I think this one just set the bar even higher. And as Rob alluded to, I don't know how they're going to top this movie for Beyond the Spider-Verse in nine months if it actually comes out on time. Uh Whatever they're doing, I'm hoping it's like a Back to the Future 2 and 3 thing where they were doing them all at the same time. So the level of quality should stay around the same, but I just don't know if they can raise the bar again in nine months. You know, we're going to need another five years for them to raise the bar again, because that's how long it was between the first and the second movie. But this one, as it stands, I think is a masterpiece. And I think the best, it's going to be hard for any movie for the rest of 2023 to top this one. I, I don't know if anything else is going to come out this year and be better than across the Spider-Verse. So uh, that is my initial take on it. But actually, Rob, you said something that I want to get into because there's two things that I've heard people not be so high on. Like universally, it's been praised across everything. Everything I've seen, people have been loving it. But there's two takeaways that I've gathered from people saying oh i did not like this one of them is the sound and people were saying that they couldn't hear Mm -hmm. the sound mix um so that's one issue i think the first time jeff and i saw it we were in the front row like the second row in the right hand corner so the i did i don't want to judge it off of that one because the sound was kind of weird but I could still hear everything that was going on for the most part, except for Spider-Punk accent, which I, I could barely understand the first time. Second time I saw it, I was able to understand it a lot better. And I saw it in IMAX the second time. We saw it in Dolby Atmos the first time. But sound mixing aside, the other thing that I've seen people be negative on, Rob, is the this doesn't feel like a full movie. It feels like a half of a movie. And that cut, the to be continued, both times in both audiences, I'm sure you guys had the same thing. 
everyone groaned when that to be continued came on. And I think part of it is frustration. And then part of it was like, I want it now. I want the rest of the movie play the rest of the movie right now. Um, so not necessarily a bad thing, but just people wanting, they were enjoying it so much. They didn't want it to end. Mm -hmm. So actually I'm curious what both of you thought about this being a half of a movie. So Jeff, did you know that it was a part one going into it? You know, it was funny. Uh, I, I I was aware and I had, it seemed like, like if you would have asked me when we were, when we were waiting to get into the first one, I would have been like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, you know, only a part one. They're doing the next one and it's only a few months later uh, and whatnot. But like in, during the movie, I like, I totally, it totally kind of escaped me. Like it, I did, I wasn't anticipating the end of that. And it was funny when me and you were talking about it afterwards, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, all right, all right. And then as they start to do like, as the, as the movie kind of starts to slow down, it hits the brakes there kind of at the end where it's like the slow reveal of, of the Prowler, you know, stuff like that, uh, or the alternate universe, you know, Prowler with Miles and everything. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm like, they're about to like end this movie. Like this movie is about to be like done. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't upset, like, you know, I wasn't upset as I was when there was no after credit stuff, but uh, it definitely was like, oh, wait, th yeah, that's right. This is not happening. And I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm looking over kind of at you. I'm like, man, we've been here for a minute. Like, there's no way they have another third act for this movie right now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I I knew it, but it didn't really occur to me until the end when I when I started to realize what they were uh, starting to do. Yeah. And it, I, I think it's more of a marketing thing than anything else. Like if you're going to point a finger at, at something, it would be the marketing because when this was originally announced, it was announced as across the spider verse part one and part two. And I even have a shirt. I didn't wear it today, but I have a shirt that says across the spider verse part one on it. So they were printing up shirts and then they did an infinity war and changed it into Oh, let's make it a whole nother title. So, Rob, did it bother you that it was part one? Or did you just knowing it going into it say, oh, I had my expectations that it was going to be half half of a story? I already. Yeah, I I remembered the announcement from a million years ago. So I just walked in with the assumption that, OK, this is going to be a part one. I didn't know, you know how big of a cliffhanger it was going to be or if it would even be a cliffhanger at all, you know, just like them announcing two movies, you know what I mean? Not making the assumption that they're going to go hand in hand necessarily. So I wasn't shocked or appalled or anything along those lines. Uh, nobody told me to cry more or anything like that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, the audience that I was with, there were, there were some audible groans. Uh, when the to be continued happened not from me i got up and walked out because i said i know there's no way <laughs> credit stingers suckers mm -hmm. everybody was still in their seats and i said bye yeah have fun <laughs> yeah and in we my, saw in our this. first screening people were we got to the very end and it was like oh and then my second screening it, i was like you know the people i was with i was like guys there's Let's get the hell out of here. There's nothing here. People are waiting like in there. And I just want to, you want to turn around and be like, guys, 
leave. There's nothing no, here. No warning. But, uh, let those suckers sit yeah. in their seats. <laughs> but um, also, just real quick, the audio thing. I said that to Vactors. So this was Vactor. We saw it on a Tuesday, right? So we saw it the Tuesday before it came out. Uh, and then I was like, it was hard for me to kind of hear some of that. And then in the second viewing, and like you said, we were kind of, we, we didn't get to choose our seats necessarily. So we had to sit in that side section. But on the second viewing on Friday, uh, I had I had middle like prime seats. Like I was right in the middle of the theater, right in the center. And uh, the audio was much better there. But I don't know if that was because of the <clears throat> the room that we were in uh, when we saw it the first time and the location within that room, you know. Yeah. And we had this kind of a similar thing with Dune, Jeff. Remember when we got to the end of Dune, it came up on the credits, Dune Part 1. Like, nobody knew that. That was not announced ahead of time. It was a stealth. All right, we're doing a Part mm. 2. And uh, we don't even know if or we don't even know if there's going to be a Part 2. It was just like, all right, this is Part 1. If it does well, then there'll be a Part 2. With this one, it's a different thing where we know in advance there's going to be a Part 2. It's coming out in nine months. So I wasn't bothered by it. Dune, I would be more bothered because it's like, oh, I don't even know if part two is getting made. And th if they left on a cliffhanger right here, I would kind of be upset versus this one, knowing it going into it, I wasn't bothered by it. Plus where they ended it, I thought was a good spot. We had already, like Jeff said, we already been there two hours and maybe two mm -hmm. and a half hours by that point. But um, I also did like when we stayed for the end credits, even though there wasn't any stingers afterwards, the music, that song that plays in the credits, the songs that play are really good. And then they have like some animation on the screen. So it wasn't a terrible experience waiting for the, uh, the, the stinger, but I, I enjoyed the, the song and the music throughout this whole movie was fantastic. Not only the score by Daniel Pemberton, but the Metro Boomin uh, soundtrack was fantastic uh, i've been listening to that in my car today mm -hmm. i was actually listening not to the soundtrack but i was listening to the score that spider gwen song is very good um so i would i would say the music throughout this whole movie uh was great and jeff you were you had been following the music um on metro mm -hmm. Boomin's uh social medias did it live up to your expectations yeah i think it was good it's funny because they didn't they didn't really use a ton of it in the, I need to watch it again, but they, when I was paying attention to it more the second time when I could actually hear a little bit better, uh, that one, uh, they didn't really use a ton of that soundtrack. Like it's, it's in there in parts and like the James Blake song is in there when he's, you know, Gwen is kind of first coming back to his universe. Um, so there's like a little bit of it in there, but they actually like, you could tell they took out like, you know, all the, all the rapper verses on all mm -hmm. the music and they put some of that, the instrumentals in there. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd still, I'd, I'd say it lived up to it. I, and I actually, I think it, to me, I'm just, it's interesting to see, you know, that movie give somebody, you know, free, it's not just a song. It's not them hiring like, all right, we just need you to make like, even the last movie that uh, sunflower song is like, I think it's one of the biggest songs like, like I think it might be like the biggest Spotify song, individual song of all time or something like that. Like it's massive. Uh, but this one had more of a, uh, I don't know, like a more of a feel, like more cohesiveness. It wasn't just a, a set of, you know, music. It wasn't just a couple songs that just kind of took off. It was uh, kind of like a whole, you know, a whole thing this time. Um, 
so yeah i enjoyed it i was you know extremely excited when i was seeing the announcements you know uh of who was on on that thing um and i was sending them to you left and right you know and it's it's just funny to hear like you know uh like nas is like rapping about spider-man <laughs> in that in that song <laughs> on the soundtrack it's just weird uh that but very, it's pretty cool. the very first song on the soundtrack is called mm-hmm. either annihilate or annihilation and lil yeah. wayne his whole verse is all right I'm Peter Parker. I got spiders coming at your nose. I got <laughs> spiders. I'm flipping webs. And, his, and the very end of the verse, he goes, Spider-Verse. And that's the end. I was like, I just started laughing. <laughs> you got to listen to that song if you haven't. It's the very first song on the soundtrack. <laughs> I listened, When I heard that the first time, I listened to it three times in a row to hear Lil Wayne's part. Um, it just uh, made me laugh but the way he ends it. But, um, all right, Rob, <laughs> that's, that's how he ends it. Rob, what uh, did you think about the spot? Um, now, I think this is your first experience with the spot, right? Because he wasn't in the video games and he wasn't like a huge character before this. I'm, what did you think I'm about? familiar enough with the spot. Um, I believe Vactiverse even did a short on the spot. Yes. Is he naked? <laughs> that's what they say they say it's his mm. skin there was yeah. no dong in that movie <laughs> well hey not everybody is as equipped as you are okay you mm. can't make judgment on this just, guy <laughs> now <laughs> maybe that <laughs> fell on the spot you know what i mean maybe that yeah fell. it comes in and out of the spot that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it jeff now uh i'm familiar enough with the spot um the the Vactorverse short, of course, educated me a little bit. I've seen him in passing. I I I feel like what I'm gonna say is wrong, but I sort of have a memory of him being on the Spider-Man animated series also. But I might that might just be a dream I had for all I know. But I'm aware that, you know, he I guess he was. He was on an okay, episode good. of say I wasn't imagining it. Uh, I'm aware of his power set that he's got these portals that come in and out of his body and he can essentially Looney Tunes you or Roger Rabbit you uh, as his power. And the whole time I was watching the movie and anytime he spoke, I I would say to myself, who is this voice actor? He's perfect. Uh, But I couldn't put his voice together with the actor until the very end. And I saw that it was the Schwartzman. And I said, oh, okay, that's a that's good casting right there. Because I thought he did a, a really great job. Even though I think the spot was more of a, uh, well, a plot device rather than a fully fleshed out character. At least in this movie. It might change yeah. in the next movie. He wasn't Thanos. I'll just put it that way. Right. But he still was very entertaining, especially when he was trying to rob that convenience store and get that little ATM. <laughs> yeah his introduction um was was pretty spot on boys i think they oh, did a great Jesus. job with the character and like you said jason schwartzman was pretty good jeff did you like the choice of the spot because he's like kind of the villain but kind of not like we 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 don't see him for a large portion mm-hmm. of the movie so did you like the spot overall i think he's going to have a bigger role in the second one yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's yeah, I think it's overall pretty interesting. Um, I do, I do, you know, I think what I liked most about it is they, they he he had kind of like a little mini, a little mini arc of his own here. Mm-hmm. You know, he had definitely, you know, by that 
like second act of, of this movie kind of, you know, and he's mentioning in the dialogue when they're in, um, what's the, uh, what's the town in India? What's the city? Uh, uh Mumbai. Yeah. I'd say it's a play on Manhattan, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's mentioning his dialogue about how he's on a, he's on a journey of self growth and he's getting a little bit better with his abilities and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I think he, I think it's a good choice and it would just, I, I just don't see this, this, if you're going to do these characters, it kind of needs to be here. Like, I don't, you're never going to get him in like a, uh, a mainstream, you know, the not mainstream because that's, that's the wrong word, but you're never, you're never going to get him in the, uh, you know, uh, what's the, like, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get him in like a major, you know, Spider-Man, uh, you know, movie with live action or whatever. Um, so I think you kind of have to do it here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it made, I mean, the animation was great. I mean, just like you said, the convenience store, I mean, just like, just like a, what a perfect scene for his character, you know, like just pushing him in and out of spaces in this convenience store, the bread falling out of his stomach, you know, <laughs> um, just, just really like just great execution by, by them. Like, I, yeah, I think he's, I think he's a good villain. Uh, and I'm actually just, yeah, I'm actually just more excited to see hopefully more of him in the, the next one. Like you said, there's like a whole, I would say half the movie, right? He's not in almost, or at least like a, a whole third at the very minimum, I think. Um, yeah. so yeah, I would think I would want, I want more of it. Um, and I'm just curious to see kind of where that goes. I think they're going to have to do something to you know team up all the spider-mans or somebody to stop him because he's become so powerful by the end of it it's like all right i'm just going to different realities whenever i want i can teleport to wherever i want so also i was gonna say too like looking at like it was this was after the movie because obviously i'm not as well versed as you guys in this uh space but like what like what a good like look they have for him too i mean like if you go if you just like google image him you know i was looking i was like let me see if he's in the the animated like they try to give him more of like a superhero type body they try to give him eyeballs mm -hmm. and like all this stuff and i'm like man he looks just so much cooler in this like again you know the artistic choice you know always is winning out in this movie but like he just looks way cooler in this movie uh than i anything else i've seen on him yeah I thought he was a great choice for the, and like you said, he has that arc of, he starts off as a joke and if only miles had just taken him seriously at the beginning, maybe that's another thing. If he hadn't hit him with the bagel, if he had yeah, taken him what seriously, he call him? Uh, he's the um, villain of the week or yeah, whatever. Not even, yeah, the, yeah. not even a villain of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things would have been different, but starts off as a joke and then becomes a very big threat by the end of it. So we'll see what's going on in there, but this movie is jam packed with so many things it's like there's never a dull moment in the movie there's always something happening and to me i think the things that stood out besides the the animation the visuals are like i said next level revolutionary people are going to be looking back on this movie the same way they look back on into the spider-verse and i think we're seeing just now the other movies like puss in boots and the mm -hmm. turtles movie that's coming out later this year I think the movies are just now getting caught up to what Into the Spider-Verse was five years ago. This movie, I think, is going to be revolutionary because it doesn't necessarily play with the frame rate as much, but each universe being a different look, like Jeff was talking about the 
Spider Gwen universe being the watercolors, Mumbatton being a different thing, Miles' uh, universe. How great would like did the vulture look like as yeah, the like, vultures you know, universe against the background yeah. in that opening? Like it just looked amazing. I thought I thought yeah. that that was like one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Just just off his look, yeah. And we didn't even get to see Spider Punk's universe, which that is my wife's new favorite character is Spider Punk, mm-hmm. uh, which I think he was kind of the the comedy, the comedic relief because we didn't have. Uh, Spider Ham in this one. We didn't have uh, Spider Man Noir. Like they were, I think, the comedy uh, yeah. for the most part in the. But first you had uh, Ben Riley. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I uh, when I heard his voice, I just could not stop laughing because number one, my son watches Hotel Transylvania every single day, so I'm I'm hearing Andy Samberg every day, and his voice is just funny uh, to me. Yeah, Vector. He yeah he. He said something to me. He's like, that was Andy Samberg. Oh, I started like, oh, laughing I when I heard his voice. Like, and Jeff was like, why is he laughing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I forget what he said. Yeah. It was something silly like, I'm brooding. Yeah. <laughs> or some, some sort of self-referential. Right. He's joke. like, I'm walking down an alleyway. He's like, I look to the yeah. left. There's nothing. He's Perfect like, pose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's supposed to be like a parody of the 90s nothing, comic book. Nothing style. like the 90s comic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was one of the best moves. I don't know if Andy Samberg is friends with them or somebody at the studio, but, uh, Oh no, you know what? He was in cloudy with a chance of meatballs as that baby that grows up oh, and yeah. Bill Lord and Chris Miller produced this movie. Uh, so maybe that was the Andy Samberg connection. Yeah. But Ben Riley was, was hilarious. And, and just on the spot on the spider punk thing, like what a, like what a great character. I think, at first, I didn't like the look of him, you know, because I'm like, oh, this Clint, like, I was thinking, like, maybe a little corny. But he actually just ends up being such a good character for this movie because, like, you know, he makes the, the you know, anti-establishment jokes. And, like, you know, he, he uh, what's the line he says to the baby? He's like, you took a, a poop or you took yeah. a dump on the establishment. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's funny. It's great. But also, like, how they, they tied that into, like, what happens? I mean, he gives Gwen the, the like bootleg, you know, multiverse mm-hmm. wrist tool thing, whatever it's called, yeah. which to me is like, it's like, great. It's him like, you know, going against the rules and like looking out for like the individual person, which is kind of like his whole like mantra. Like it, yeah, it was just, I thought, I think that was like a, like a dark horse for like, you know, best moments in the, in the entire movie. If you would have told me that before this, I don't think I would have believed you, but he has some of the best moments like in the entire movie for sure. Oh, yeah. How did, how are you even cooler under the, or with the mask off? <laughs> yeah. I was cool the whole time. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, uh, everything that Daniel Kaluuya did with um, spider punk was great. And mm-hmm. like Jeff said, the, the aesthetic of him was that like punk that uk punk sex pistols clash and the little like yeah, the like letters. 70s 80s punk. Yeah. yeah that was fantastic so the every universe fight. yeah and we oh, didn't even get to see his universe like we never got to go to his universe i'm sure we will in the next one but um they were i saw they were saying they held back a lot of spider-man from this movie to to save for the next one, you know the Japanese Spider Man is going to be in there. Spider Man oh, must yeah. be in the next one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, a ton I was keeping an eye out for him actually because I I was positive I had heard he was going to be in this movie. Um, yeah, but I didn't spot him at all. I said, "Well, it must have been a blink and you miss it moment." Yeah, are we are we yeah, going to talk about I, all I the appearances? Like, I mean, how great was the uh, 
Well, it's like he's like the still Spider-Man, and he's thinking like he can't move in the. Oh universe. yes, uh huh. So that's the '60s animated yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. and like his frame rate is too low. Yeah, yeah that was, was that was a great one. Again, there was also just a... like good gags every right. time. It's right. so it's always good. It's there was also a spectacular Spider-Man appearance, mm-hmm. which that was my favorite animated Spider-Man show of all time. So that was great seeing him. The Insomniac Spider-Man, which we talked about the video game earlier. That was great, and they had both of those voice actors, Yuri Lowenthal and Josh Keaton, both came back to do their roles. So I thought that was great. Um, Peter parked the car. Oh yeah, Peter parked the car. That was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, He's 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 a great parallel Parker, Jeff. I thought (laughs) there was a ton of great gags in this movie. Um, The the Donald Glover cameo got the biggest reaction yeah yeah Yeah. and both of our the fact that the first one and this is why i like the the screen that we went to that first time was everybody was when they mentioned hobie's name you know the crowd starts like there's like murmur they're going off and you had to even you told me like that's the that's spider puck i'm like oh okay like i didn't i didn't know oh yeah yeah and then then the donald glover thing happened and yeah and my and like it was kind of hard to hold on to that because I was going with a, de- a different group of friends on Friday, and I was like, "Man, like I can't tell them about this like <laughs> crazy." Like I, can't, I had to try not to like say anything uh, about this amazing cameo. Like it was, yeah, it was great. I don't know what your yours was like, Rob. Uh, if your theater went nuts, but yeah, both of our both of mine did. My theater didn't go nuts, uh, but I went nuts. I said, "Hey, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> did you see that?" that was great because donald glover is so connected to the character of miles morales he basically inspired brian michael bendis to create um the character when on community they had that shot and it's in the first into the spider-verse in uncle aaron's house you see it playing on the tv but on community they just had a quick shot of him in spider-man pajamas and that sparked a thing in brian michael bennis and he was like yeah why can't he be black why does he have to be why does peter why does it always have to be peter parker why does he have to be white so just that thought process and this is like 2010 2011 a while ago and you think about till today 2023 and it's crazy where miles morales the character has evolved into and i think he's only going to get bigger um as it goes on because this movie is going to be super popular it's already you know breaking box office records it's it's i think it's gonna be the highest animated film of all time at the box office and, and people people love it like back to like we, we were yes. waiting for that first screening and then like that little kid had on the miles suit like he didn't have on like yes. the you know like the traditional peter parker one like yeah. people people really i think are, are coming around on that um and i think it'll, it'll be it's gonna be interesting to like what a missed opportunity uh to not have donald glover play like it's going to be kind of one of the biggest like what ifs you know maybe they'll do that yeah. <laughs> in one of those shows like uh, missed right. opportunities for them because well, he i gotta tell you role. Mm-hmm. this morning i was getting my son ready for school it's spirit so donald glover? school my four and a half year old so today's theme was come as your favorite marvel character and so i gave him two shirts i said do you want the spider-man shirt or do you want the spin shirt and immediately my son was like spin (laughs) (laughs) and he and he dressed in all miles per hour today yeah (laughs) i love that but i hate that they call him spin on that toddler show um spider 
Spidey and his amazing friends, or yeah. whatever it's called. I was waiting um, to see them in the movie. <laughs> maybe, oh yeah, maybe the next one. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many, and that's it's crazy that there's so many different variations of Spider Man that you can pull from. They had the web slinger, the horse. They had the Spider Rex, the T Rex version of him. Andrew All of Garfield those are, was in it. Toby yeah, McGuire Andrew in Garfield, it. which that was like you said, the Roger Rabbit thing, Rob, where they had the live action and the animated, and, they, and Donald Glover was live action. Um, to, as far as I know, Tom Holland was not. So I, I'm pretty sure they're saving Tom Holland for Beyond the Spider Verse. We'll they probably see him. him. And he is—is is it rumored that he's in it? Like he's going to be? I haven't this? heard anything so far, but I—I w- I would be surprised if he was not. But because they did—they Rob- did Garfield. Garfield was crying in this, right? And then mm-hmm. did you they saw have shots or- of Tobey Maguire Tobey. over mm-hmm. Uncle Ben? Yeah, in mm-hmm. that Uncle Ben uh, montage and a quick shot right. in one of the portals of Tobey Maguire's face. But it wasn't yeah. dead center. It was off to the left. Right, right. If I'm one yeah. of those actors, I'm trying to get in on this movie because, I mean, just, I you know, I think it's good to be attached to, like, <laughs> some of the best ones, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man 2099, which we haven't even mentioned him yet, he says, he mentions Tom Holland, the little nerd from Earth 99999 <laughs> with Doctor uh, Strange. Which, yeah, it's not six one six, Kevin Feige. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> that was a great uh, MCU tie um, to it. And uh, Donald Glover, I forgot to mention as I was talking about the uh, him being tied to the character. So not only did he inspire Miles Morales, but he also voiced Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. And then he played Aaron Davis, mm-hmm. who becomes the Prowler in the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. And so we are basically, I think, led to believe that the character that is captured in this movie is the same one that was in Homecoming that Tom Holland's character webbed up to the car, um, just a little bit older. So Donald Glover's like tied to this character forever. Like he will always be yeah. tied to Miles Morales. They're also so, tying it to the MCU. They did the uh, the timeline effect. Yes. Uh, that you've seen that in Loki perfect. and you saw yes. in Ant-Man and you saw in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh no way home. Yeah, the branch. So they're, they're, they're tying it all together, baby. Yeah, that was great. Um, which oh, and they went into the Venom universe too for a yes. hot second. Oh, yes. yeah, the, the teller, which, yeah, the lady. Yeah, that was yeah. there's some rumors that Venom is gonna show up in Beyond the Spider-Verse. I don't know, yeah. maybe uh, maybe Craven will show up. Yeah, we, you <laughs> know, where's <laughs> where's Carnage? Why is Carnage never he's never made, you know what I mean? When is that's what I'd love to, you know. Hint, hint for the next, you know, after these other ones, you know, Spider Verse. Let's get a little Carnage movie going. After, so you, you time, enjoyed, yeah. you enjoyed Venom <laughs> Two, Jeff? Is that what you're saying? Um, you no, I'm Carnage? saying I'm saying the creators of Spider Verse could do it right. Is what? Oh, I'm an saying. animated? You're saying? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They don't do Carnage anywhere, really. You know, except for that shitty movie. But like, I'm saying, you know, give it them, give yeah. them a fair shot with people that actually do good things. Yeah, and Miles in the comics has kind of a he has a history. He's run into Carnage a couple of times, but I think they're going to try to focus on like Miles villains. Like I don't, I don't, I think they want to keep mm-hmm. the Spider-Man villains, like the Peter Parker villains, separate um, for the most part. I think they want to make Miles have his own legacy. Mysterio, no Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, saying. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give me that T-Rex Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one was good. So there's a ton of great stuff there. Uh, did you guys like Spider-Man 2099 uh, being kind of the antagonist 
of this movie. I want to ask, actually, I'm going to ask both of you, Rob, do you agree or disagree with Spider-Man 2099's motivations in this movie? I don't disagree necessarily. I understand. I I think he made a compelling argument for the story. He said, hey, this is what makes Spider-Man. This is this is a canon event, uh, which I think is a perfect use of the term. Uh, which made a lot of sense into the cliffhanger too. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a hot second. But I didn't. It was more of a like like Thanos in a Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I can see where he's coming from. I can see he has a valid point. I, he might not be going about it the best way, but I can see where he's coming from. It's not this I'm going to take over the world uh, cliche that you see right. in so many superhero movies. So I didn't necessarily agree with them or disagree with them, but as long as they presented a compelling argument, which I thought they did, I was fine with it. Although I feel like Miles Morales, or excuse me, not Miles Morales, uh, Miguel O'Hara was uh, a little bit of a wasted opportunity in this movie. I think he was my least favorite part of the whole thing, personally. Ah, interesting. And that's not to say it's bad, mm-hmm. but when everything else is so elevated in the movie and he's and he's just stuck in in the lab going well you can't actually do this you guys can't actually do this he didn't really get to be himself in my opinion so i i found him to be the least interesting out of the whole movie but that's not to say it's bad Mm -hmm. jeff what did you think about his motivation yeah and i guess to a larger point um you know like kind of like a side thing to this yeah, it's it's one of the, my pet peeves of Spider Man is is this thing where, you know, it's like he's constantly making his own issues. Like every Spider Man movie is like him making the issue worse the entire time, um, and so I think it's interesting to, you know, to put this kind of character in there. Um, and I think the motivations are fine. The only I guess that'd be my only thing about this is like. And I said this when we got in the car after it. I was like, you know, I was like, this is very in line with these types of movies. Like, this is not like an entirely new concept. Like, there is always this character who's like, oh, you can't do this one type of thing, whatever universe we're in, depending. You can't do that or it'll break the other ones. And you're like, like, all right. Like, it was kind of like tired. Uh, and yeah, I, I didn't think he... Um, I would say the only time I would disagree with Rob is, is the, is the chase scene. Uh, you know, I, I really did like all of that stuff, but yeah, it was a lot of him like in a lab. Oh, and I didn't say that was butter, bad, you know, uh, the chase scene was great. I just felt like yeah. Miguel O'Hara as a character was kind of boring compared mm-hmm. to everybody else. Yeah. And he didn't really go anywhere in this movie too much. Like he was, yeah, he just kind of was just butthurt the whole time but i did like oscar isaac's performance i did like Mm -hmm. uh i do like him uh in the role i'm just hoping maybe there's just more because they kind of even like brush over his like like he's supposed to be it's supposed to be kind of like miles you know him and the spot are kind of like these three you know characters that are kind of driving this uh story Mm -hmm. overall Mm -hmm. i think and his kind of got left you know, like maybe 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 in the next movie they'll they'll flesh it out a little I'm more. Sure they'll they do will. a little bit extra. They'll give a maybe just yeah. a different side of the character. They they did give his like origin for like one minute when he kind of described it, but you know, 
yeah it, uh it's just kind of I, I think maybe a little boring on compared to the other ones at least i think they have to and that might have just been a symptom of there's too many things going on in this movie like i said every minute is packed with stuff and we haven't even got to um some of the other things that make this movie so dense narratively, but the, I think they have to give his backstory a little bit more because in this movie, you see him almost bite the vulture. You see his fangs, mm. you see him inject yeah. himself. All of those things are from the comics, but in this movie, there's no explanation for that. And if you, if you don't know the backstory, you don't know why is, is he a vampire? Uh, why is he injecting that into him and like what's going on so there's a ton of stuff that i think they need to flesh out in the second movie and maybe that they'll kind of make him more uh relatable or human in the in the next movie but in this one yeah i thought it's interesting the dynamic of what rob was talking about the canon events where his deal 2099 is saying these things have to happen. Miles is, is kind of like, well, maybe they don't have to happen because my dad is going to die and maybe these shouldn't happen. And I think that's the way that we're, we're led to believe like it's going to go down that route where he's going to save his dad in the next movie. This is just speculation, but he's going to be like, okay, I'm the anomaly. I'm the one that proves it doesn't have to be that way. And it's the difference between, all right, is it a destiny these things have to happen or is there some free will? And I, I always find that like conundrum to be interesting because both you can see both sides of it because like Rob said, uh, Miguel has a good point. His whole, like he destroyed that whole universe because he went against the, the canon. I bet you in, in the next, one we're going to find out, Oh wait, he did something else. And then that also broke it. And it wasn't just that one thing, but, in this movie, we see in, in Mumbatton that black hole opens up and they Miles stopping that canon event. So I feel like they're kind of telling us it's bad. But then in the next movie, we're going to find out, oh, wait, it's not that bad. And and, and free will is going to win out. That's my prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. But I can see it both ways. I can see the Peter Parker he uncle ben has to die for him to become peter parker we we i mean to become spider-man we've seen so many alternate what ifs so if uncle ben didn't die or if this tragedy didn't happen to his life and he doesn't turn out to be the spider-man that we know so that has to happen and it's that's that is a essential part of spider-man the character of spider-man but then also i feel like all of those peters they they were acting a little out of character because I think they would be like Miles if they knew there was a chance to stop Uncle Ben from dying, even though they know what it made them. I think they would stop it. I think they would not let Uncle Ben die. They would not let Uncle May, Aunt May die um, in Tom Holland's case. And I think that's what Miles Morales is, is trying to do, stop his, his dad right. from dying. And all the characters, even like the Peter B. Parker, I feel like didn't that they weren't really acting like Peter Parker would act in that situation. I understand it's in this movie. We have to have these guys chasing him. We have to have that. Like it, it pushes the plot forward. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it from a Spider-Man, Peter Parker perspective, I just don't know if all of these Peter Parkers are supposed to be geniuses and 
they're all getting duped by Miles being led outside, and it it just felt a little bit <laughs> odd to me. That's like, called Parker luck. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that you can have the bad luck, but you can also have just uh, decisions that he makes that are just like out of character. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Like I said, I think it's all just in in service of the plot in this movie, but we'll see what yeah. happens in the next one. Right. Um, Speaking of out just, of character, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I oh, was yeah. I was totally expecting towards the end of the movie when right before the the stinger or the, not the stinger, sorry, the cliffhanger where everybody's going after Miles in this universe, uh, in the wrong universe, as it turns mm-hmm. out. I was, I thought to myself, I said, okay, here's because Ben Riley was like hey, pose, hey, doing this, but I, I was like, oh, here comes the part where Ben Riley's going to be like, hey, I'm a clone, and you know what? I don't belong here either, and I didn't know what was going on with my life, but it doesn't have to be this way, Miles. But like, they didn't go that way, and I totally thought they, that's where they were going with his character being involved. I was like, oh, here it comes. We're getting the Andy Samberg Express, but it went the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll see him more in the second because yeah, he's such a huge Spider-Man character. And for them to not be like, hey, here's Ben Riley. Like they didn't even mention his name, I don't think. Mm. I don't think they yeah. ever said Ben no. Riley. I don't remember if they did or not. Even if it was they had that little dialogue box next to him. Uh yeah, right maybe. when they introduced his character, but I was too busy yeah. being distracted. It's Andy Samberg. And that's another thing. I can't wait to get this on uh, Blu-ray and pause it and see, because there was a bunch of times where those boxes come up and then they just go away in a second where it was yeah. listing out who each character was. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure there'll be a, a special feature that'd be like, all right, here's all the people in the, in, every single Spider-Man that appears in this movie. Um, one thing that I think I had in my experience, um, I'm curious if Rob had this same experience. I liked a lot of the, the parent stuff in this, like whether it's Gwen and her dad, mm-hmm. Miles and his parents, I think, um, even Miguel and his having a family, there was a ton of, like I said, this is what makes this movie so com- like dense. Like there's so many layers that you can peel back. Um, even Peter B and Mayday, um, it reminded me of my son. He So Mayday has one sock on like the whole movie and my son takes his socks off and then we'll throw them everywhere. He, um, she was acting like he was, he acts like you could tell they have toddlers the the animators and creators had experience for sure. Um, but I had like a ton of things that I was thinking of. Number one, the, the toddler was like a one-to-one. All right. My son is a toddler right now, so I can see that. But miles being grown up, being a teenager and his dad, like being on trying to discipline him. And then miles being like, Oh, get off my back. Like I could relate to that as a teenager. And then also I was thinking about like when my son is a teenager, how am I going to handle that situation? And like all of that stuff was, was uh, it just, it made it relatable, made it human. And, and I felt like that struggle and that uh, the family, like miles wants to spread his wings. Like, and that the whole dialogue between him and his dad, 
when he was in costume and he was like, Hey, why don't you just give give the kid a break, officer? I got my goo. I yeah. love the New York accent that he does. But yeah, all of this, like all the family stuff in here, and even the mom, like he has time with his dad and he has time with his mom. And there's a ton of stuff in there where um it's even culturally specific because they're Puerto Rican and they have this uh, this custom in the Latin culture of it's like giving a blessing. Uh, I think it's like been I'm, I'm going to mess up the word, but there's a Spanish word for like blessing. And he says it. he leans into his mom and he's like asking for her blessing and she gives it to him in Spanish. And there's no like translation. They just kind of let the context of the scene be like, oh, OK, I, I understand what's going on here. And I noticed they've been doing that a lot with a lot of different things. Um, I was reading a comic book the other day and it was a blue beetle comic and they were just speaking Spanish the whole page and there's no translation. And it was like, uh, if you don't speak Spanish, you, you might not know what's going on here, but I think you just get from the context of the conversation, this movie, and I've seen some other things where the, just Spanish is being more and more integrated into our culture. But like, that just made it feel real to me. And my wife is Latina. She speaks Spanish with her mom and she speaks Spanish to my son. So there was like a ton of connections for me in this movie. I was just wondering, Rob, did yeah. you have that dad experience of, Oh, that's my son. I can see him in this movie. Yeah, I think it's, I did. Um, and it, it sounds cliche, but I think if you're a parent, you should, feel that way on some level and so yeah i i did um in particular the moment where where miles is under the the water tower like the fake water tower or that little tiny water tower and his two mm -hmm. parents are scolding him but but trying to be cool the whole time because that girl's there yeah um, <laughs> that was great <laughs> so but yeah i do i do feel it to be relatable on a, on a different level once you're a parent and again not to sound too cliche because i'm sure it's real easy to just say that uh but yes i do agree i also got that same um experience of my dad does not like to be called by his first name my mom does not like to be called by her first name she likes <laughs> That's it your parents you call... <laughs> she likes it when you call her mrs vector mr vector yeah so in i've that, gotten in, in trouble movie... for calling vector's mom by her first name before that's happened in the movie where they said gwen um oh she said my first name great yeah so that that was was great um all of that stuff and then like you said when they go into the alternate universe into the earth 42 and miles's dad is gone mm -hmm. and his uncle is there i got heavy back to the future two vibes number one somewhere yeah it's that alternate timeline and everything's turned to garbage and the, the whole like that one thing is different and then it changes the whole timeline mm -hmm. uh, so that i like that dark universe and the the difference of miles that it's that nature versus nurture argument it's like his dad raised him in one universe his uncle raises him in the other universe and he goes like he's shaped and molded by those experiences so he becomes a prowler and um 
I want to see what that is going to be like in this next uh, in this next movie. Uh, obviously, that's where the cliffhanger leaves us. So we're going to see how does he get out of that situation, and uh, yeah. the whole Spider Crew is is coming to save him. But I I thought that the the alternate Miles. I just started laughing when he was like he had this heavy accent on his last name. Hey, I'm Miles Morales. I was like, yeah, that guy's cool. Um, <laughs> like when you go to a Mexican I, restaurant, I'll have the uh, tostata. And, uh, yeah. I'll take an extra chimichanga. <laughs> chimichanga. Yeah. But I, man, there's so many things that I loved about this movie. And uh, one of the things of going to that alternate universe, there was the whole thing about him being an anomaly and he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man mm-hmm. was very interesting to me. Like you think about like, again, Miguel kind of has a good point where he's like, if you hadn't got bit, your Peter Parker would still be alive. He would have stopped that collider for Kingpin in the first movie. There would be no spot. Like, so all of these things happen where, your Spider-Man's dead. Your mm-hmm. you created the spot. Um, all of these things are because you were an anomaly. Which, first of all, I was like, well, why did you let that happen, Miguel? If you knew that was a bad thing, but Ooh, true. I just I thought that <laughs> I was interesting. Yeah. Of and that it's it's crazy that they telegraphed it even in the first movie where the the spider glitches. Like mm-hmm. me as a comic book guy, I didn't even think about that because. When they go to alternate universes in the comic books, it's like, all right, we're here. We're in the other universe. Like, there's no glitching. And even on Loki, like, there's, mm-hmm. there's in the MCU, there's no, or like in Avengers, in Infinity War and Endgame, when they're time traveling and going into alternate universes, they're not, there's no visual cue to you. So when the spider glitched, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's just this movie's like visual language. I didn't even think about, oh, that's a different, that spider was supposed to bite somebody else. So I, I just thought that that him being an, an anomaly was a cool kind of, th- there's a meta element of that also. Cause if you think about Miles Morales is not Peter Parker, right? So mm-hmm. the same things that people said when he was created, they were like, you don't belong. You're not Canon. Those are things that this movie is kind of saying. So I, I think I just find that interesting on, uh, like I said, a meta level of Miles Morales is not like Peter Parker. And the message of the first movie was anyone can wear the mask. And then in this one, it's kind of like, no, only Peter Parker can. And anybody who goes against that is an anomaly and shouldn't be there. I, like I said, I think the the next movie is going to be like, nah, it's fine. Uh, Miles nah, I'm going to do my own thing. That's going to be good. We're going to be, he's an individual. He's not Peter Parker. And you're going to embrace those differences. But in this movie, um, it's, I I just found that to be very interesting that um, there's that, that different. Cause Rob, you and I grew up, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like that's Spider-Man. That's who it should always be. And as much as I love Peter Parker, now I love Miles Morales. Like I love both characters and there's room in this, this spider universe for everybody. I think it's, it's, it's inclusive. It's inclusivity. Um, I think is a good thing. So I just thought that was interesting. I didn't have any 
point to that. I just thought that was an interesting <laughs> take on it. Good point. Uh, speaking of inclusivity, there's been a little bit of rumblings going around that uh, Gwen Stacy may be a trans character for the next movie because in the, in her room she has a protect trans kids mm-hmm. uh, like little banner or a sticker. She has a trans pin on her backpack and also her dimension, uh, the colors of her dimension are the colors of the trans flag. So I didn't pick up on that when I was watching it, but I've seen a number of um, outlets pick that up now. So yeah, what kind thought, of outlets? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was this next movie, if, if that turns out to be, cause she's not in the comics. So that would be an interesting change for the film because there's a lot of changes from the comics to the film. Um, and that just might be one of them. So oh, speaking of I would I would love to see it because and I would love for them to wait. Just do the whole movie and then do something that's really gonna make people mad. Like say it. Don't even do it in the movie, say it after. Like I want one of the creators to say it. Just oh. so that like all these people have to like the movie and then when they get butthurt about that, then they have to live with it because they just can't stand to see something like that. That whole thing, I mean, I go on a 10 minute rant about this. That whole concept of like, of that even being like an issue or like whatever. And I'm actually surprised they don't get mad about the Black Lives Matter pin that Miles has on yeah. his, but like these people can't even say Black Lives Matter. They can only say BLM. Um, so I think that, opinion, I think that is like, I just hope that's like, oh, they're like, oh, this could be a theory. I hope it's like a legitimate theory about the character and not people like, you know, <laughs> telling those that she's gonna drink bud light and they're all mad about <laughs> some bullshit you know yeah. i think it's like who cares all right cool well i think this was a great uh talk about across the spider-verse we all enjoyed it i'd like to see it another chance if, if i can in the theater but i'm not sure uh, we got some great movies coming out for the rest of 2023 i think we all here uh gave it a thumbs up i think you should see it a great film, a great time at the cinema. Who knows if we'll be able to top it for the rest of 2023. But I'd like to thank Wonder Rob and Jeff W. for joining me here in the Vactiverse. And uh, don't forget to check out both of our shows, The Sandbox Gamers and Vactiverse, wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube. Uh, you can find some links down below. But we'd like to thank everybody who watched this episode or who listened to this episode um, if you had some different thoughts that you wanted to share leave us a comment um, down below let us know what you're thinking and as always wonder rob loves comics jeff loves comics and you should too